1: And by that, I mean Colorado Avalanche fans. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever and whenever you may be listening. And thank you for joining the Locked On Avalanche podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am your host, Chris Maselli, with another episode of the podcast dedicated to your Colorado Avalanche. And if you are quarantined or self-quarantined or just sitting at home because your job is is pretty much sending you home, and you're not watching Tiger King? Well, really, what are you doing, other than listening to this show? Uh, yeah, that seems to be taking the world by storm, and why not? That seems to be all the rage right now, and it's crazy. Uh, I, I do talk about it on my other show, if you really want to go and tune into that, The Enthusiast Life, but that's neither here nor there. We are going to be talking hockey. Hockey. And some more Avalanche news, some more NHL news, and another week's worth, hopefully, of uh, the Locked on Avalanche podcast. And by hopefully, I mean every day. We're going to try to keep pumping these out. If there's things to be said, we will say them. Uh, and if things are kind of on a lull, then we'll maybe take a day off here and there. But I don't really anticipate that happening. Yeah, maybe If we do shortened shows, we could even do that. So... Uh, we want to be here for you as an outlet during all of this craziness on the outside world. So we'll do what we can. So for now, thank you for joining once again and follow the show on all social media outlets on Twitter, L-O-P-N underscore Avalanche, on Instagram, Locked on Avalanche, and send comments, questions, concerns, opinions if you want to be in the Fandom Friday segment, which we will bring, be bringing back this week. In all likelihood, send all of that to lockdownavalanche at gmail.com. All right, so over the weekend, we had the second Colorado Avalanche player test positive for this coronavirus, and I don't want to say it was to be expected, but when one person's got it, you know, depending on who that person is, who they were around. Uh, this seems this this thing seems to be passing along pretty effortlessly. And you know, if if player number one was around the team, um, I, I it might not stop with player number two. And uh, I know the Ottawa Senators had a couple players, correct? If I'm if I'm not mistaken. And now this is two players on the avalanche. The first player. Uh, we didn't get the news until they had recovered this one. It seems like they are in the midst of it, in the midst of a self quarantine, and the uh, the um, the notice that the avalanche put out stated that, and the other one it stated that the person had already recovered, and this one they say you know they are currently self quarantining. So the question remains: who was this person around? And are we going to see more of this? And in both articles, they said everybody that this player has been in contact with has been notified. So that's, you know, the second player in that article said the same thing. So clearly this player has been around other players. And is it just a matter of time before we get player number three? Player number four. who, Who knows where this thing ends? But... The concern is that players' health. By all indications, things are going to be okay. Uh, you know these guys are in in top-notch shape, which is good for them, because you know as, we, as we've been hearing over and over again, this is where it's detrimental is to the elderly, and if you're younger in good health, which everybody on this team is, everybody that plays hockey is should be a full recovery doesn't make it any less scarier. So uh, the, who the player is, like I said, is, is insignificant. It doesn't matter. Even when it was the the staff member of the Pepsi Center, it, it didn't matter what the name is. It's just this person is involved with the Colorado Avalanche, in this case, a direct roster player, and you just want them to recover from it. and And you hope it stops with them. So, but now, I mean, I don't know about you guys, but now it's getting to the point with me where every time I get a notification on my phone, because I have notifications set up uh, that are uh, pertinent to the Avalanche. So every time I get a, a notification that comes in that starts with Colorado Avalanche, holding my breath a little bit. Because now we have two players, unnamed, that have this thing, so where does it stop? And we can only hope that it just stops... Really, really soon because the more the NHL is talking, the more you get the feeling they want to get this season in come hell or high water. Uh, You kind of like read the tea leaves and they, to me, spell, we will get this season in no matter what. And I think with the only exception being if this thing rides out Into like September, (laughs) if they have to push the season back, that that whole player proposal seems to be, in my opinion, what might happen. Uh, And again, the the deputy commissioner came out and he said, quote, I see a bigger window over the summer to complete the season. And like I said in last week's show, they have reached out to arenas to see what they what is available to them, um, and I think that's their I think that's their goal. Uh, so they like I said, they push back the combine, they push back the award show. So in my opinion, there's going to be no combine, and this is just the the impressions that I get in reading things. There's not going to be a combine, and from what they say, there is going to be. Whereas I say, I don't think we can probably replicate a combine at this point. I think Central Scouting is going to do what they can to supplement and enhance the database with the information that clubs have with respect to draft prospects. So basically, it's like what we got is what we got. And we're not going to have that combine where somebody can stand out and really maybe bump themselves up a couple spots or what have you. I think what we have for the players and how they say, Central scouting is going to maybe throw extra info in there, whatever they have. I don't know how they're going to do it. I think the con- if if it goes the way that it's that I'm seeing this big picture, no combine, no award show. Although they will give out awards, kind of just old school, just announce it, not the big ta-da over an award show. And I think because of this, I think the Olympics for 2022 is probably gone because you are now putting this season right up against next season. And when that season is over, next season, these players are going to want to break. And while the Olympics take place the season after... I just think the, 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 the NHL is going to be like, we've done, we, we've pushed our players to the limit when, while that might be a break for some players, but it's not to others. And that's not really fair. You, you know, that they get those two weeks off for, you know, a good amount of players and a handful of players have to go play. That really won't be fair to those players that have to go play. So I think the Olympics are gone too, which some people are fine with that. Some people want to see the best of the best in the Olympics Uh, I am one of those people. In this case, I am totally fine if they don't put NHL players in the the Olympics, which I can't see them doing just because it's so much. And I think at that point in time, they're still going to be kind of playing catch-up. So that's kind of where we stand right now. Um, Yeah, I, I don't see a combine happening. And the draft, I think, will be remote, be done from... Uh, war rooms with laptops and kind of just sending in your your pick, um, and I feel bad for those prospects that won't get that moment to stand up on stage, put the sweater on, put your arms around a coach and a GM, take some pictures, and you know that's the start of your career. Kind of feel bad for that, but what what are you gonna do? You you can't you can't have you can't have all of these things line up. And be done the way that they've been done because this is a crazy time. This is a crazy period. And there has to be some some things that go by the wayside. And I think stuff like that is just not going to happen. But it, it, I, it's just the impression I get I, that they are going to turn over every leaf and every, leave no stone unturned to try to get this season in. Any which way they can. And I think they're going to do it. Now, the question is, when is that going to be? And that one we don't have an answer to. Nobody has the answer to that one right now. My name is Paul Stewart, a
0: third generation Irishman from Dorchester, Mass. I made it to the NHL as both a player and a referee. I was even elected to the U.S. Hockey Hall of Fame. When I was skating, I had my share of lumps and bumps. I gave a few back, too. As a stand-up old-school guy, I've always been hesitant to try fads, but recently I became a big fan of a company called Easy Feeling Wellness. A hockey buddy sent me 1,000 milligrams of intensive relief rub. Easy Feeling markets a line of natural plant-based hemp extract products, including gummies, soft gels with melatonin, and tinctures. Their motto is to enjoy every day, which all of us banged-up baby boomers and old skaters can relate to. Easy Feeling products are non-addictive. They don't get you high, and they're perfectly legal. Give Easy Feeling a try by going to easyfeelingwellness.com. They will even give you 20% off your first order by using my special code, PS20. Easy Feeling Wellness. Enjoy every day. Don't
2: Luca now, but the Los Angeles Clippers might be in trouble. From our local experts to your ears, these are the biggest stories on the Locked On Podcast Network. Sources tell ESPN's Adam Schefter that Baltimore Ravens quarterback Lamar Jackson missed two training camp practices due to a groin injury. Listen to Locked On Ravens for the latest on the reigning MVP and why the team released Earl Thomas. Local experts on the biggest stories, it's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
1: All right, so while the remainder of the season remains in doubt and is questionable and we have no idea when and if we will complete this season, uh, over at Mile High Sticking, a website that I very much enjoy, a uh, very good article by Nadia Archuleta over there, uh, and she wrote an article called Five Players Who Need to Finish the Season, and uh, I, I figured I would kind of just briefly list off the five, and then add two more. Before I even uh, scrolled down and, and read this article, uh, I tried to put two players or players in my head who I thought was going to be on this. And two people that I kind of picked right off the top of my head weren't on here. So not that they didn't deserve to be. Um, and I don't know why she just picked five. Maybe I don't know if she had a cap or she just, Randomly picked five people, but they're all completely understandable, the five that she picked. Uh, And then I'll just kind of add the two that I think also would like to finish the season. And like she says in the very beginning, all of them want to finish the season. uh, But these five in particular uh, are for particular reasons. And the first one is Nathan McKinnon. And clearly because you would love to see him get over that century point and uh, points and scoring. Uh, He would come back having missed only one game, which would be remarkable because we thought we were going to lose him for one to two weeks. And the way the schedule was could have been six games or so, six or seven games. So uh, if they were to return season in full, he still has 12 games. He's at 93. So that one I can completely see. Kale McCarr, I think for Kale McCarr, you would want him to just complete a stellar rookie season. Um, And that's pretty much what he says. And you want to see that head-to-head duel between him and Quinn Hughes go to its maximum potential and have both of them play uh, the same amount of games in terms of a full season. McCarr would play less regardless if it's a full season or not. But just seeing that come to a head... Finish a a full season for both of those guys uh, would be something to see. Uh, She lists Tyson Jost. And we forget Tyson Jost, since he was not traded, was starting to play incredibly well. Uh, This this layoff maybe hurts him more than anybody because he, and and I said it on the show after he didn't get traded, that lifts some people up. When your name is getting thrown around daily as trade bait and the team sticks with you, uh, you kind of return the favor. He was doing that. and uh, now this layoff, he's gonna have to kind of step up his game back to where it was post trade deadline. So definitely agree with that one. Uh, Zadorov, definitely agree with him. He while, and like she says, the the Tyson jost is, the Avs fan, fandom whipping boy. The Nikita Zadorov seems to be the coaching staff's whipping boy. Um, Yeah, he, he just needed to get back on the ice and do what he can with those last dozen games to prove anything. Uh, so we'll see if and when this season returns, if he's able to do that. And the last one she puts on there is Philip Grubauer. And for him, it's you know, injuries, and then finally getting back out on the ice and kind of playing up to his backup's potential in Pavel Francouz, Francouz has been a revelation. And Grubauer, while probably the more talented goalie, uh, he's struggled at times, and he was starting to play better as well when he got hurt. Uh, but I think he just wants to get back on the ice because of injury purposes and to prove that he can control this team as much as Franzos has been doing. Uh, not in any malicious way, but if the two of them are playing up to the, the same level, if, the two, if, if Grubauer is playing to the level of Fransos, uh then you have a two-headed monster, and I think Grubauer would be completely fine with that. Uh, the two that I would add, one is kind of for the same reason as Grubauer, and that is in Nazem Kadri. I think for nothing else of just he's been out for so long, he's just itching to get back on the ice, get back into the playoffs, and kind of do some damage there. And the other one that I would add is 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 Valnachuskin because he's had a season nobody thought he would have, uh, the contract that the avs gave him was just kind of like a like a one year flyer and let's see what you can do and i think how we want to say we want to see nathan mckinnon finish the season for maybe selfish reasons and how many points he can put up and and because he's having you know another miraculous season i think the same can be said for Val chuskin because he you know he's not going to reach a century marker anything that what nathan mckinnon is doing just the fact that he wants to have on his resume a full comeback season. And sure, this is a, a comeback season in in some ways for him. But to have that full season on record um, and to see what he could do in an 82-game season point-wise and just say – and point to that season and say, you know, that was my my comeback year. That wasn't cut short because – not that this, you know, we all know why this season is cut short, but uh, it's different than like, you know, the baseball strike season when some of those players, like Larry Walker was having a career year in that strike season, and he can't go back and point to that and say, that was my best year. I mean, it, you can't you can't really say like, oh, a shortened season is my, uh, my best year. I was on track for my best season, but... You know, it it just didn't work out that way. And I think Nachuskin just wants a full season under his belt where he can say from beginning to end, that was the season I can point to, that I can hang my hat on and say, like, I came back. So I would put those two guys, and maybe even Miko Rantanen in there. Again, for injury reason purposes. Uh, you could go up and down this roster and give if that for an excuse. But, um, yeah, I think Kadri, Nachuskin... And even if you wanted to throw Rantanen in there, uh, all guys that really want this season to be finished. But a uh, really good article, and I and I would agree with all five of the names that she put up there. Um, and then maybe even uh, a last one: the fans. <laughs> we want hockey back more than more than the players do. I probably wrong in saying that, but we're, I think we're all in the same boat. We all want freaking hockey to come back. A-S-A-P. All right. And finally, getting to the March Madness, the movie madness, which I did all of last week. And after Friday's show, I had my final four of sports movies. And to recap, they are Miracle, Karate Kid, The Sandlot, and Rudy. And this is not to say, like, these are my... Favorite? Well, they—I mean, all of them are probably in my my favorite movies of sports movies. But if you were just to ask me, just off the cuff, what are your uh, four favorite sports movies? I don't think I would list like *Karate Kid* in there, but just the way that the brackets panned out, I got—I'm at the will of the bracket, so I kind of have to play that game. So this is how it kind of worked out, and and for me. Karate Kid was just something that I grew up on, and I think this is really the only one in there that I kind of went down that path of a a sports movie that just consumed me as a kid, Um, and the thing is, I I never did anything with karate in my life, and normally when you're that young, and you're that impressionable, and you see a movie like that, you flock to some Taekwondo, what do they call them, dojos, (laughs) and try to take up the sport i never did that I, I i never had any interest in doing it i just loved the movie so for that that that's the reason why it, it moved on i'm trying to think of a movie i watched as a kid more than that maybe i mean probably not star wars but like never ending story god i watched that movie a million times over uh, but I, I would Karate Kid more than more than a lot of other movies. So that's going up against Miracle. And I have to say in, in Miracle, I remember when that movie when I saw the trailer for it, I was not expecting much. I didn't think they would be able to recreate that moment and those those moments really, uh, in a movie form. And I and I kind of boycotted it. I didn't go see it in the movie theater. And it wasn't until it was even, I didn't even see it on DVD. I think it was on like HBO or something like that. And I'm like, oh, I'll watch it. And I think I even missed like the first 20 minutes of the movie the first time I saw it. And I, I can still remember saying, like, I was completely wrong in that. I, I think what they did with that movie, it's, it, they, they did it, they really did it justice. And to me, it came down to the hockey was the way the hockey was filmed going to be legit and believable and it completely was uh, they even at the very end when they, they have the the call and the Do You Believe in Miracles like they, f- they switched over to the actual audio in the last few seconds I thought that was a really cool touch so they didn't try to recreate that because that specifically you can't recreate even though Al Michaels was in the movie and kind of redoing his lines They let the original take over at the end. So uh, I I just thought it was very, very well done and impressive. Um, And I was wrong. (laughs) And and since then, I've seen the movie, uh, you know, God, dozens of times. It's one of those movies that whenever it's on, you just finish watching it. And people say that you know what I even saw it on Twitter the other day. What what's one of those movies that you can always, no matter where you have it, when you, when you turn on the TV, if it's on, whether it's five minutes in or an hour, in, you finish watching it, uh, Miracle is definitely one of those movies. You know, like Shawshank Redemption is to me that you can watch that movie if there's three minutes left, I'll watch it. It's amazing. But Miracle's up there. So between these two, um, I think like the the childhood nostalgia factor stops here and Miracle would beat Karate Kid to go into the final. Now who would it go up against? You have a baseball movie in The Sandlot and a football movie in Rudy. And I'll start with The Sandlot. The Sandlot to me is childhood captured perfectly. We all played baseball, at least people in my area, and played Little League baseball when you were a kid. And you found those days to go out with your friends on the weekend. Girls didn't matter. You know, you had the Wendy Peppercorn in the neighborhood, but uh, you still, baseball ruled over everything. And that, and, you know, that, that really was my sport growing up was baseball. And then when that movie came out, completely fell in love with it right away. And it made me wish I grew up playing baseball in like the 50s and the 60s whenever that movie took place because it was just a different time and, and that, that's when baseball really ruled um, so watching that movie kind of like takes me back to a era of not when I when I lived back in that time period just when I grew up uh, playing baseball with friends and on top of that it's just a really fun cool story so um God, I've watched that movie so many times, and it never gets old. Another one that you can, whenever it's on, you just let it play. And now that it's on Disney Plus, it's been playing many times in my household. And that's going up against Rudy. And Rudy is just one of those movies that tugs at your heartstrings. And I remember, I still remember the first time I ever saw that movie. And I'm not a Notre Dame fan, uh, believe it or not. The the college. The university that I follow is Michigan. Growing up uh, was when the when I was young and it was like 10 years old is when the Fab 5 was a thing and yeah, if you were a kid, the Fab five was like God's to you. So and I've kind of stuck with Michigan all throughout my life. So being a Michigan fan and watching a movie about Notre Dame, it's weird when, like, sports movies have a way of it doesn't matter who your allegiance is to. You can appreciate them. Same thing with, like, Moneyball. You know, Moneyball is all about the o- o- Oakland Athletics. And, you know, if, if you're not a fan of them, it's not like you wouldn't still go see that movie. It's a great movie. And the fact that it's about the Oakland A's is almost insignificant. Uh, even when they're going on that 20-game run while, the, while it's happening in the movie, you're kind of rooting for them in a weird way. It just seems like it's not real. It's the same thing with Rudy. And how can you not have that underdog uh, story that you are going to root for? And it's just too perfect. It's almost like too Hollywood. And it's like, this can't be real. None of this can be real, but it was real. And just the icing on the cake is the sack. Uh, you can watch that over and over again, and it'll still hit you right in the feels every single time because it's just he, they did a great job of building and building and building up to that moment. Uh, and it's just a sign of a good movie when every single time you watch that scene, it kind of impacts you the same way. So um, I feel like I have a good collection of movies here for my final four but between these two Sandlot and Rudy this is a tough one but i have to go with the Sandlot which would put them in the final against Miracle and god like is is, is there a loser here there fortunately there has to be but who you know whoever comes out on top of this thing and i know in my head who's going to come out on top of it you know that doesn't mean the movie that loses is awful by any stretch of the imagination it made it that far it's even maybe like a 1A to the 1 but for me I think because I just grew up with it longer and I watch it and I just see that collection of friends and that's what I had growing up I, I was part of the Sandlot and I had my friends that we always went and played baseball, and we did what they did. We did not keep score. Uh, we had enough guys to field a team with a couple extra batters. I think they had enough for one batter, uh, but we had you know multiple guys. And then sometimes we have extra guys show up, and we able to field two teams. Like it, baseball was life growing up in in my my area where I grew up, and I ran with it. So to me, and, it not, and it's not just because of that, because it's the nostalgia thing. It's just a, an excellent movie. It, it encapsulates finding friends, moving to a new neighborhood, and it captures baseball and what baseball means to people, kids growing up uh, and even a community. So to me, the Sandlot, I know this is a hockey podcast But I had Miracle in the final. But to me, Sandlot would win this entire thing as the best sports movie ever made. Now, I want to hear from you people. What do you say? How wrong am I? How right am I? Do you agree with me? Do you understand where I'm coming from? What would be your final four? What would be your winner? And just because we're talking hockey doesn't mean it has to be a hockey movie. You can stay true to whatever you want to believe in, but... Uh, I, I really I love having this conversation with people so let me know what you guys think and if I get some feedback on it I'll put me, I'll put up a post on uh, Twitter and get, uh, get a poll going see what other people say and we'll talk about it tomorrow but for now that's going to be it and another week we'll see what we got we'll see what this week brings hopefully we can keep the positive tests at 2 for this team that would be fantastic and whoever that player is uh, well, it's obviously hope you get better very very soon, and we can even have hockey back at some point. So that'll be it for today, guys. Enjoy the day. See you all week. Here's Jovi.
0: Go, abs, go.